0: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass And what's the gonna do? It doesn't matter how you're doing Woo! Wheel of dealing Living this life just flat Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Would you please Shut the hell up You don't know What hard times are, daddy The cream will rise to the top Oh yeah Oh yeah Look the human rubble what up what up welcome
1: to episode 37 of keep the Fave. i'm mike sitting here with my boys ready to talk some wrestling business is really picking up in aew as they lead up to blood and guts uh in these next coming weekends uh but we did have a big pay-per-view this weekend impact rebellion lots of moving parts but before we get to all of that good stuff let's introduce the boys real quick up in Glendale, someone who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt, How are you, Grabby? Enough is enough, and it's time for a change.
2: Who's that again? Is that a that's hurricane? That's Owen Hart, isn't
1: it?
3: It's Owen Hart. Oh, and
1: okay. Oh, nice. very okay. nice.
2: That's a deep
4: cut. Yeah.
3: I got to pull those and- out from time to time.
1: And you did impersonate his voice quite well, Steve. I
4: do. I appreciate you that. saying
3: that because I didn't try all that hard.
0: But. <laughs> exactly.
1: He has one of those voices that is like, it, it's imitatable, but only he can really do it perfectly. Of course, right. you know. And uh, that's that's a nice one, too, because uh, we're going to be covering the dark side of the ring in these upcoming weeks. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Everybody's favorite show. When's that,
4: when's that start? Uh,
1: May 8th. And we're going to be doing a review show or a preview show uh, next week. So something to look forward to. I seriously can't wait. Let's cruise down the Bayview real quick. Talk to my guy, someone who keeps it freshly squeezed, Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt?
2: Join the dark order.
4: (laughs) Deep cut.
1: (laughs) I'd probably join. I'd probably join. I don't know if I buy a t-shirt, but I think that would be joining if you did buy a t-shirt.
2: Well, I I would say if you're on the fence about joining, um, clearly you haven't been on Instagram today. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Okay. (laughs) Maybe we can get our intern to post that, keep the uh, listeners updated to see what's going on with the Dark Order. I'm only there if Ty Conti's there, and we'll get to her a little later. Let's stay down in Bayview. Talk to my guy. Oh my god! (laughs) It's Charlie Michaels.
4: Jess, when you think you know the answers. I changed the questions.
3: <laughs> Nicely done! Big,
4: big shout out to Roddy. Since I uh, oh, I got it tape uh, his biography last night. I'm going to watch that one as soon as I really? can. Yeah, like, nice. Oh I yeah, I wait to great. watch that. I Eight
1: might weeks. settle down with that later. Yeah. Very
4: good.
1: Yep. He's the man. I, I was gonna. I was
4: gonna do my Don Callis. My Don Cal's. By God, Kenny Omega.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: you <laughs> he just was, gave the
4: people too. You yeah. gotta
1: charge him now.
4: Yeah, he was excellent last 75% night. Seventy-five
3: percent of Keep the Kayfabe loves Don Callis.
4: Yeah, dude, he was hilarious. Like, he's he's hilarious, dude. Because he's just a swarmiest. Oh, he's so dis- He's so
3: gross. Oh,
4: he's so good. You should have saw him last night.
1: Fucking hilarious, dude. The the Oscars were on last night, but apparently <laughs> yeah. there was were another they? show and somebody <laughs> won Best of the Year. Don
4: Callis, our yeah. favorite. Oh, I love that guy, dude.
2: You guys are just teasing me.
4: Yeah, he's the best. You should have- No, you're gonna
3: come around on him.
4: if 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 you watch any part of that match, you should watch the end of it. When Kenny pins him, Don Callis, like, runs to the ring, does some kind of running, <laughs> skipping jump. You would have thought he won the championship. It was so fucking funny, dude. That's why I text the group that Don Callis is the best, dude. Oh, so fucking He was jumping and hopping around. So fucking funny, dude. Oh, I was so good. So
3: I think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because it's a cautionary or it's a it's a life lesson for Matt, you're going to sit under the learning tree for here for a moment, but uh, go back a few years to NXT when uh, Cass and Enzo uh, were going strong. And I remember when I first started watching NXT, I hated them more than, like, I loved oh, NXT. Damn. And I hated that Like, it would make me angry. Oh, and then I I'd see them. the fans getting into it, and I'd be angry. And I'd be like, how can they like this? This is the stupidest thing. And it just, it was probably my least favorite thing next to Randy Orton at the time. And then um, all <laughs> of a sudden, one week, I just was like, like I started quoting it as it was going and I got into it. And then like all of a sudden, like yeah, you know, one week I got it and I thought it was hilarious. And then I was like going around yep. saying you can't teach that. Yeah, and yeah. like, so I think that's there's gonna be that moment one day, hopefully while we're recording when Matt gets it and loves it and embraces the magic that is done Callis I, oh, Yeah, dude.
2: you know, I I gotta give it to you, Steve. I think you're absolutely right. I think that day though. Um, which may not be what you're thinking. I think that day is gonna be when we see Don Callis finally get what's coming to him. Oh yeah, for sure old fashioned it's ass yep. There
4: will be yeah. that oh, day. Oh, oh yeah. I can see him <laughs> flopping around and bumping oh, around that ring. Like yeah, a champ, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be great. Dude. Yeah, oh, somebody yeah.
3: Don, Moxley, whoever it is, I don't Yeah, because he's it's gonna get next, his come up that's gonna, gonna be, be so funny. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. With a
4: kendo stick,
3: I hope. No, wait, those are all in WWE.
4: All right.
3: That's the best thing about uh, you know, like that's just a disgusting heel like that, though, is oh, yeah. just there, there's gonna be a payoff one day.
4: Plus yeah, plus he's been bopping into like different podcasts and stuff for shows, mm-hmm. and he's just he just plays the arrogant dude so no, fucking so, yeah. well, dude. So yeah. good. Every I mean,
1: everybody's saying this is Kenny's year, arguably is it think, Don Callis' year? I think he could
4: get manager of the year, in my opinion, dude. Over over I mean, well, oh, he hasn't
3: done much t- in the last year. No. Well, no, never mind. I take that back. He has With um,
4: Reigns. Yeah. But fans. he hasn't really had to do much talking no. like he normally does.
1: Right. I mean, getting uh, the rub from AEW, he got his, uh, you know, impact, which apparently has been around yep. for 20 years. Was, yes. This is amazing. And, um, you know, having the year that he is, more uh, TV time that he has, and selling the way that he's selling. By God, how can you not love this guy, Matt? God damn it.
2: God, like i so said good, dude. like i said it'll come but rather than let you guys continue to torment me about this uh, i'm gonna <laughs> pivot a little bit and we'll talk about the match more. so um so for those of our listeners who don't really follow impact wrestling that closely and maybe don't even follow aew that closely uh kenny omega the aew world champion had a match uh on this past weekend's impact rebellion pay-per-view like we mentioned against rich swan who at the time was the impact world champion and TNA. Um, but in a amazing twist yes thank you Charlie uh, and TNA two belts uh but this past weekend Kenny Omega ended up getting the upset uh well some people might call it an upset an I think upset. it' was kind of a
4: no. given. yeah it was a gimme.
2: Um, but we saw Kenny Ome- Omega beat Rich Swan and he's now holding all the belts from impact and the world championship from aew just and the triple weekend um one thing I, so I haven't seen the match yet. I do need to go back and watch it, but I've listened to a couple other podcasts about it. And before we started recording, Charlie was talking a little bit about, um, figure four online, Brian Alvarez's podcast. I did listen to that one earlier today and a couple others as well. My understanding is Rich Swan was like gassed. Yeah. They said that I didn't see it Yeah. the match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I haven't seen, it I never either. wrestled,
4: so I don't know. Yeah.
2: Right. And so I haven't seen it either, Um, I, but I've heard kind of mixed messages. Like it, he may have been worn out or he may have taken a bump that. Kind yeah. Of he
4: did a neck a thing bit. that might've screwed his neck up. Yeah.
2: That's a possibility. Yep. Um, But I think regardless of that, uh, the the real takeaway is Kenny Omega still carried this match to the point. Where oh
4: yeah. Oh yeah.
2: You, you didn't even, I mean, you saw it, but it did not spoil the match. Yeah. No. Um, so definitely something I want to go back and see. Even knowing that there were a couple botches, yeah. and Rich Swan was kind of struggling for the second half of the match. My understanding is the last few minutes were incredible. So oh yeah, once
4: they, once the there's a ref bump that once the ref bump happened, it, the match got really interesting after that ref bump. Because even though I even at, at first, they, they did, Kitty and him did a good job suckering me in. I was like, oh maybe Kitty might not win the belt tonight. With after the ref bump and all this that happened, but then I thought about it. I'm like, they wouldn't bring they wouldn't bring Maro Maro Ranello in for um for Kenny to lose, you know, to call a match Mm -hmm. to lose. He's going to be there for the historic match. But it was it was a good match. It was a good. It wasn't the greatest match I've seen, but it was a really good match.
1: Awesome. How how was Maro on the mic last night, Charlie? Dude, it was dude. It's
4: it's it's a shame. Yeah, NXT let him. It's a sh- once you hear him on that mic again, it's a shame, dude. It's, I heard, I heard, of, yeah, I heard a bunch of
3: yeah, I heard a bunch of snippets, and he so he was just so spot no, on. It was like it's, it's like he's, so good, dude. Yeah, it was like he's been working for them with them for years. Yeah,
4: he did his research. He uh, knew the moves that Kenny and those guys. He knew the stories. He just did his style. Wow. He's just it's just it's a WWE should be a shame that they let they ran that man out of there. They yeah, ran saw, him out of there.
1: Was Don Callis on the mic with Morrow no. during the match at all?
4: Nope. With it was Mar- just Stryker and uh, um, uh, Dilo.
1: Nice. Yep. Awesome. Wait, Dilo? Well, Brown that had to been a commentator's for him. Yeah.
4: Yep, for, oh, uh, for man. Yeah. Now I have to love watch. that. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good.
2: It's it, too bad you can't it, hear him wiggle his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: that would keep me. You coming. probably can. Yeah. If you, yep. probably you can. think about it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That had to have been a breath of fresh air, uh, hearing Marlowe oh,
4: back yeah. on the mic. So that's why I sent that text. I'm like, man, it's so good to hear him calling a match yeah. again, dude. He's so of, good.
3: He's just so unique and all. Yeah, awesome. he just brings a whole
4: different feel to everything, you know? It's just like, wow. So good. I,
1: I always thought he was um NXT's and, most valuable player. Oh, yeah, uh, anyway. could, you know, if
4: they think- try to rate rate rant ra- and rave about the new the new guys that they have, you know, oh, you know, they're doing good. They're pretty they're good, just, but they're they're solid. They're, they're not yeah, they're, they're not. Yeah. When you get Morrow, it, it takes them to the next level. They're not they're good, but he if he was there, it takes it to the next level, yeah. you know.
1: I mean he he is what really captured me and help like oh, totally get gathered the retention of my viewership to NXT because yep. not only was the lineup and roster stacked like with unbelievable wrestling, but he just elevated him, And it's just such a big responsibility. And actually I was just kind of doing some work and letting my phone go to, I don't know, the next video. Uh, And I knew he was with UFC announcing some fights, but like a Kembo slice uh, match came on with um, who's the other big tank Abbott. And he That's, announced that fight. Yeah, when he did I'm like, doors, I'm not even yeah. a big wow. UFC. I'm not even a big UFC guy, but I picked my up my phone and I watched that entire thing. So, oh yeah, I mean, it's for him, yeah. Morrow is magic, man. He oh yeah, just something he, about I, him.
4: Yep, yeah, because I think some of the best, some of the best even the matches can't don't even have to be that good. But if you have an entertaining announcing crew, dude, it just makes a huge, huge That's difference. Just, yeah, you know, Otherwise,
3: it's yeah, it's like the music to the uh yeah, oh, totally. So it's, it's yeah. Yep
2: absolutely and i know there's some people out there who strangely for whatever reason don't like more Ronaldo. and i think part of it's mm, because I, of the overabundance yeah. of pop culture the yeah
3: and the bombastic kind of gets too much to them or yeah,
2: yeah and and to their credit i think some of it is a little bit scripted and forced feeling but at the same time i mean you can't deny the excitement he brings Mm-mm. to
4: the action oh yeah i so like the good to thing it. about it too he didn't even he didn't even he saved he didn't even do a mama mia which was awesome he didn't even have oh, to, no, to he didn't his, need to then he have to go to a signature move to get you, you know get saving it
3: yep since we're kind of on the subject of um announcing i mean i'm a, a little tangent i know we're going to talk about AEW at some point but one of the things that I hate that announcers do, and it's usually a WWE thing, but I like it. Just maybe I just noticed it, but AEW it happened way too often from guys like even Shivani, who I really like, is that when they're like, "and that'll do it," or "and we have a new champion," and when they say that during a pinfall, yeah. you ninety nine percent know that they're going to kick out because oh yeah, and it just it takes me out of the like that Ty Conti match again. I'm not going to go into it too much, but um, I was we getting really then. into that match. And really, like, I mean, that match, I had no idea who was going to win the match. So that was like that. But every time he was like, and then we're going to have a new champion, I, it took me out of the moment that, okay, she's going to kick up. Like, yeah. I hate when announcers do that, or at least do it when you say, and that'll do it. And then they actually pin them, like, so that, you know, versus like almost 100% it's a sh- it's a give of what's going to happen. I mean, a, nx or W W E does it all the time, and I noticed that Corey Graves has gotten really bad at
4: it. And, oh yeah, um, it's like a I think crush.
3: Vince. Vince, when he was an announcer, was like the first to really do that exaggerated. Yeah. Where he's mm-hmm. like
1: you know, one two three oh,
3: and then he'd back no away champion? from champion. No, yeah. <laughs>
1: I was going to mention that Steve, but yeah, you covered it. Yeah. But it
3: seemed, it seemed a good time with Moro because he's like one of the gold standards. It's
1: just, and I don't think he ever does that. (laughs) At least that I can remember Vince. Yeah. He's the one that kind of wore that out as far as one, two new champion. Nope. But yeah, speaking of breaths of fresh air, let's transfer over to AEW and talk about that Ty Conti match. Um, She versus Sheeta this last Wednesday, and we saw a great piece of information that uh, AEW reached 1.2 million viewers, and this match, I think it was like the third quarter or however they break it down, got the highest viewership from the demographic of 18 to 49 or something yeah, like that. Sorry guys, great. I'm not on the exacts on that, but I mean that just shows Ty Conti is something special. I mean, I we are I am a Ty Conti fan. I brought it up many times. I don't want this to be just a Ty Conti love fest, but I freaking love this girl. She's one of my <laughs> favorite wrestlers. She's just so fun to watch. I love her intensity. She trains hard. And I mean, she's going to hold the belt someday. And she got, so. all of her, she got all of her stuff in. It wasn't like, you know, a five-star match. Um, There was a little bit of sluggishness, a little miscommunications. But hey, I mean, this is a Brazilian a judo uh chick versus a japanese chick both of them like english is not their primary language but they can go on tv capture those ki- kinds of ratings and communicate to the crowd that this is something special and for women's wrestling i thought that was a great achievement uh yeah Sheeta did take the belt and brit baker did come out later but Got to gotta give uh, respect where respect is due, and uh, hats off to Ty Conti. And if you don't follow her on Instagram yet, check her out. It'll make your day a lot better.
2: For sure, along with uh, certain members of the Dark Order, as we mentioned earlier. But, uh, yeah, Mike, I'm totally on board with you. Like, this match, I hear nothing but good things about it. I, granted, yeah, there was a little bit of slop to it, but I feel like Ty Conti's still up and coming, right? Yeah. At the same time, I will give her credit. I think ever since seeing her in NXT back in the day, she has improved astronomically, especially over the last I would say six to twelve months. Even we've seen her come from you know sort of the women's undercard to now she's in a title match, main eventing dynamite.
1: She's um, still so young too.
2: Yeah, I think she's
1: only like twenty four, maybe something
2: something like that. I'd have to double check. Very but young. I think that's about right. Yeah. Um. But, that but yeah, this was this was a great signed for the women's division in AEW. Um, I know, you know, if you had asked a year ago, if the women's division in AEW stacks up against other promotions, the answer was an emphatic no, but with the recent improvement we've seen from Ty Conti, some of the other wrestlers in the division, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, you know, you could name several others as well. The AEW's women's division is good now. Um, and it's only going to get better at this point. I think mm-hmm. they finally locked in a formula and a certain type of wrestler that really works well for their promotion.
3: I, yeah, I got in a little debate, but well, it wasn't much, but in that busted open nation, because somebody posed the question AEW versus WWE. Not, I mean, I think, and I, the distinction I made was I didn't include NXT in the conversation because I'm only recently starting to watch it again, but. It was yeah? What's what's some better division? AEW's women's division or the main roster WWE? And it's like, I don't care that WWE has more talent because they do. Yep. I mean, the, the wrestlers yeah. are over they get they, they do such awful story rat, line oh, writing yeah. with them that that I find AEW. I think the AEW's women's division has eclipsed the main roster WWE because they got now they got the foundations of Tay Conti, and... Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, like like really good foundation now. And they mm. tell better stories. It's like Tay Conti's story has been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks as she climbed up to number one contender. And the Britt Baker story going along with it. And then, of course, the perfect like Tay Conti barely loses. And Britt Baker's out there pointing now she should be number one. They've just built this up so well. Versus, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Charlie's been watching his favorite Monday night show, but like, like, this, like, storyline, I just was reading about it, or, like, Nia Jax, like, the big thing is that she slips and falls every week, and it's, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, how is that a compelled, like, that that just seems like Vince with his stupid humor of, like, people falling yeah. in pools and that. Yeah, it's, it's like it, and, and and Mandy Rose and and Dana Brooke and, um, like, the same people, like, in the same matches week after week, there's just, it's nothing. And I think AEW, kudos to them that... Yeah, Nobody really thought when they kicked off their show that their women's division was anything special, but they've just in a year, year and a half, they've they've made it like actually pretty darn good. So
2: Mike, you had mentioned something about the ratings draw for Ty Conti in that final quarter hour. Um, so besides the AEW women's division, we've talked about how great it is and how well, good it's become. We're now seeing AEW Dynamite. Two weeks in a row, break a million in the ratings. And you know, you we saw last week 1.2 million, which was incredible. And I think a lot of us thought it was going to drop off after that. And it did a little bit, but they're still hovering around 1.1 million, which is incredible. So you wait till this week. Yeah. So
4: pop a big rating this week.
2: For sure. I have no doubt. So (laughs) but given this recent jump and now kind of starting to show some consistency, I guess I'm curious, what do you guys think? is contributing to that I, part of me is thinking now that they're running unopposed on Wednesday nights, I think a lot of people who were torn between NXT and AEW and maybe hovered on NXT a little bit more now have the ability to watch both. So it's just a little bit of the same audience that would watch. Oh, totally. yeah, Charlie, but... you think that's the case?
4: Oh yeah. It's totally the people who were, like you said, who were torn. Um, there's some people who are just diehard WWE and NXT that are not gonna watch, but you have those people that are torn. They're, they they finally have a chance to watch. So consistently, they should do. They should do a million a week. I, I suspect they should. Mm-hmm. You know, because they keep an interesting show. They, they advertise early what's gonna be on the show for next week, so they, they get you there. You know, like that's a thing a lot of guys complain about Raw. It's like in SmackDown, you don't know who's gonna wrestle you know right you have to you know so you have have to watch it to figure out who's wrestling like AEW, they tell you in advance you already know the card for next week's in advance you know
1: right yeah they do a really good job at um promoting these other shows too that are tnt has just kind of got a good diversity i mean they do nba basketball which is good yeah i mean it's just kind of a good night maybe i guess i don't really know a whole lot about TV and like all the, the specs, but you know, you're not going up against Monday night football. It's hump day. You want to see something different. It's not the weekend, like Friday night SmackDown. I think that's horrible for WWE wrestling. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's going to stay home and watch that uh, Monday night when football Geeks. comes back on, you know, nobody's going to be really watching. Oh no! I don't know. And yeah, now that uh, NXT fans don't have to choose, I think they're going to turn it on.
4: Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're like what like you said, man. I think some of the people who, who would who had to make a choice now they don't have to make a choice, so they can watch fall over and watch. You know, like your like your girl from um, busted open, Steve. What's her name? The little girl. Uh,
3: I have, I'm not answering that because it's not my girl.
4: <laughs> Izzy, yeah, Izzy, yeah, it's fucking stupid, Izzy, yeah.
3: <laughs> you can't talk about her like that. She's a, she's a she's a. She's a kid, therefore she's she done, she can't be criticized.
4: She's done more than you had at fourteen. Okay,
3: what, okay, sure, <laughs>
4: Okay, sure. But I sure. wasn't a weirdo geek following grown wrestling shows around at fourteen. <laughs> and my yeah, parents take me, to, that, well, they weren't taking my parents weren't taking me to shows. Let's see. Let's
3: oh. see if she's making a million a year like all of us. Yeah, on. exactly.
2: Circling back to, uh, you know, what we were just talking about before we get sued for slander or something like that Slander, child abuse
4: (laughs) or hurt feelings. Yeah, exactly. It's the worst thing you can do too funny. Another
1: thing that I thought was too funny was MJF and Chris Jericho cutting promos on one another, uh, on this last week's AEW. Uh, we saw JR sit down with the pinnacle and, uh, MJF, we can't say enough how good he is this time Wardlow even got into the mix yeah. a little bit, calling out Chris Jericho. I like
3: good that. They him. own that. Yeah. I like that. They mm-hmm. own that Jericho. I mean, Jericho had one of the most amazing promos last week, but but he did yep. flub the, and it almost leaves you wondering, maybe that was on purpose. So Wardlow could come back this week. It probably wasn't. I think
1: he, I think he well, effed up, but Wardlow and, jumped on it. It was great. And you can, and this is a telltale or a tell that um Chris Jericho, is on board with Wardlow he's like if if Chris Jericho is allowing Wardlow to say something to him I think he's like he's kind of getting Chris Jericho's blessing so he's he's on track Wardlow uh uh, uh, Inner Circle did respond in the ring with Shivani Uh, Jake Hagar cut a promo back on Pinnacle Jericho did what he did but if there was a if I would choose who would win this promo battle, I gotta give it to Pinnacle. MJF is just too damn good. And Jericho just kind of still is giving it like the rock star, like,
0: come on everybody! Yeah!
1: Like, kind of getting the crowd revved up. Great. But um, as far as tactical, MJF won this battle for me. Did you get a chance to see that, Steve? Did you get that vibe? Or what are your thoughts?
3: Oh, yeah. I think it's just, this is just a treat for wrestling fans, because you got like the you know the legend that's that's uh, um, doing some of his best work. You got the twenty what five year old, twenty four year old guy that the like, young lion already is doing work that most wrestlers will never get to. It's just yeah, and it's, it's I mean, say what you want about Chris Jericho, he does an awesome job throughout his latter part of his career, putting over younger talent. I mean, going yeah. back to what he put over CM Punk at WrestleMania, Fandango. Like, he's not afraid to put people over. I mean, he no. lost to Fandango at WrestleMania, if you guys remember that. Yeah. Um, mm. So, and I think, I think this whole, he realizes that at this point in his career, his whole point is to put over yeah. the next generation, and it's, it's, it's just kind of laying out the red carpet for MJF, who who's just right. going nuts with it. Yeah. And of course the, you know, the future hall of famer in the making Wardlow. There's Uh a lot
1: of things. There's a lot of of thing that pisses me off about Chris Jericho recently, but you got like, he's always going to be one of my all-time favorite wrestlers because of his work ethic. And um, he loves the business so much. We just heard it in the broken skulls ranch, as we brought up before, just how much these two love the business and Jericho is you know, by far one of the the legends in the business. So I'm, I'm happy the service that he's doing for us all. Like you said, Steve, it's a treat to watch.
3: Yeah, no, it's been fun. And I think I imagine this, what is this? What are they calling it? The, um, hang on folks. We've
2: paused this broadcast to bring you a very special moment. And I think for a long time listeners, you know what that means. It's now time for Charlie's corner, Charlie. We're seeing faces being made. What's going on? It's Monday night. Let's says,
4: it. I'm sure everybody knows the rumors. Remember last week, uh, they suspended Charlotte Fair for like a hundred grand, and all this for that she's suspended. All this, and yeah, she's wrestling tonight. She's back wrestling. <laughs> it's. Can like, they even explain it? No, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I can't wait to hear what happened with this. She got suspended for jumping a hundred grand fine. Suspended indefinitely, and she's back on Monday
1: Wrestling. Oh my
3: god. What
4: the fuck, dude? <laughs> I don't this I c- makes no sense, dude. I
3: do, I don't know. I mean, I you know, obviously oh. we could be accused of being overly negative on WWE. But but is there what H- the f- HR what the department? Hell, what the hell is going on with Raw? Raw seems like it's like never been written worse than any show uh, in the history of wrestling. It's
1: just like it is terrible. Well, just the business itself. It's just like uh it's just like the band like a, a the island of misfit toys whatever that fucking movie is that christmas Jesus. movie Toy it's story. So dysfunctional yes. and with
2: all that being said this has been charlie's corner and oh so one thing you guys just made me think of as we're ranting about raw and how it's its worst written version of itself ever um we talked a little earlier about aew dynamite and how awesome it is that we get to see the matches that are coming up next week Thinking back to the late 90s when the Attitude Era was booming, I remember getting excited to watch Monday Night Raw because at the end of every episode, they well, uh, would leave you hanging yep. with whatever Stone Cold was about to do to get back at Vince McMahon or certain stories yep. would kind of be left out like, well, find out next week? Yep. And next week, you would find out. There was always consistency yep. and storylines flowed from one week to the next. It... It's not rockets. Yep. Like I, they try you know, and recreate these things, but that's the one thing they keep missing, and that's yep. what continues to make
4: Dynamite I so can, awesome. I can tell you exactly why they don't have that anymore and where they got that from. Because I can, I watched it in college when I was in college. I used to watch a lot of Mid South, so I went to ca- college down south, and that's mm-hmm. from Cowboy Bill Watts and Jr. Every week, they would in that hour show just like Raw on a cliffhanger. Like we gotta go. We'll see you next week, folks. We'll tell yeah. you what's going on. And that's exactly the same formula JR carried into Raw for all those years and that's the same shit that they were doing on Mid-South that made it so inter- made it so good every week it's, 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 Raw is just a souped up, at that time it was just a souped up version of Mid-South because Mid-South was, you know, it was like your it was your hour long show that came on at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and every week they would leave that show with a cliffhanger like I gotta watch next week to see what's going on, and and Rod, that's what it's all about. I took that formula yep You gotta bring a reason to bring them back, and they don't. Mm-hmm. You're right, Mike. Matt. they don't have that at all anymore. Nope. At all.
1: It's it's unfortunate, but which yeah. is which is literally not only do the wrestlers have to sell in the ring, but the writers have to sell they the product for not, the announcers to sell it too. Everybody's gotta fans. be selling.
4: Yeah, they're not wrestling fans. They don't know.
1: They don't get it, eh? They're really, I don't believe. I don't know. I don't.
4: I don't believe they know the history. I don't think they have wrestlers writing the show. They have. They have wrestlers. I think booking and producing matches. Yeah. But I don't think they have them like laying out the show and, and 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 doing stuff like that because I guess you know I think I heard on AEW QT does a lot of the show layout. Um, I can't remember who I heard, but I know QT is involved with it. With laying out the show and how the show goes and stuff like that, you know, and so they got wrestlers working. I'm sure. I think Jerry Lynn does a lot too, because Jerry Lynn was at he was at TNA last uh, the Impact show last night.
3: What's do we? Does anybody know Bruce Pritchard's role on Raw? Uh,
2: I think he's like the executive producer. Producer, yeah, yeah. So he's not.
4: He's not probably in a deep. He's probably high level laying the show out. But But he's he was he was never. I mean, he's one of Vince's boys, but I mean. Pritchard and he was never really, he was never he was never really that entertaining. He was do- he was part of WWE when they were doing all the the stupid shit like yeah. you know, the Red Rooster and all that stuff. He's no booking wizard, dude. He's he he's no. nothing magical. He's just a good yes and, man. And band, still, yes,
3: exactly. And there's no you know? evidence that anything good is going coming out yeah. of him for Raw because Raw is just terrible. I think
4: well, he probably had more misses than hits in his career. Yeah. Well, you know
2: what's interesting? He's a loyalist. So yeah, clearly- totally clearly raw is a train wreck and we know bruce pritchard's <laughs> kind of sort of running the show supposedly yeah but then you look over at smackdown bruce pritchard is also responsible for smackdown yeah and they're like two completely the better shows by yeah. different people
3: yeah that is weird like how Talk can the same the... how can the same company with the same guy like kind of calling the shots have a god-awful show and then they you know, I mean, it's not our cup of
1: tea, but SmackDown's yeah. not a bad show by any means. Sure. Sounds like there's a lot of um, lost in translation between um, Raw and SmackDown. But what isn't lost in translation is Penta Sierro Mero Mado. with his translator. Oh my oh, yeah. that's, a, that's my
4: second favorite guy in the business. A, a little,
1: okay, <laughs> not too not too long ago. If you listen to maybe two episodes back, you of the Kayfabe, it i said this guy oh, I, is like yep. my new favorite guy and he's i don't great. want it i know he's got a name i know he's got a name but i don't want to know his name i want to yep. know him as just penta's trans voice
4: Yeah,
3: just the voice yep. oh he just was him, so good last week was he just,
1: yeah Damn. okay so Damn. this is i have I have a critique i'm not feeling this guy as much anymore oh what? my goodness why yes i will tell you why i i i like him as this translator let penta do his thing and i like him just sitting there as like just the wingman don't do shit wait for your time to talk to translate that's your job do do the facials get pumped up you know say it with emphasis that's why i loved it now they're kind of making him like into a role figure and I don't know this guy's name. I don't want to know another manager in AEW. There's literally a million managers. If he was just fact, the, eight, the AEW Penta or like the Spanish announcer, but Penta's translator and just like outside the ring, given like, you know, just some little, you know, fist pumps at the good times. And then like the head shakes during the bad times, the crazy eyes just keep it like that. That's awesome. But when he starts pulling legs and interfering with the match, that's where I kind of have a problem right now. And you know what he did on last week's episode of Dynamite? He used the microphone to clock... Uh, who was Penta Wrestling? Um, it was a good match. Uh, was it a shoot. Trent? Question mark? Yes, 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 yes. And good call, Steve, on the question mark. Trent? Um, he interfered. So this is like... I felt like Matt Michelson hating Don Callis because Don Callis did the same thing to get Kenny Omega the victory over John Moxley. So, do I hate my new favorite character? It was just too soon. Like I, think- th- I was, I was just warming up to loving this guy, and now he's becoming like, like a pivotal figure, and I don't want to know him like that.
2: Mike, All I, right. I, I t- just to unpack this a little bit. I think what's really yeah, happening sorry. here is
1: love so motion. I need some therapy,
2: goddamn. Oh, Oh, it is. And so I'm going to give it to you. So I think what's happening here is you're starting to hate the translator for the exact same reasons I hate Don Callis. And you don't want to hate the translator because then by association, you would have to hate Don Callis. And you don't want to hate Don Callis. So. No. I totally get where you're coming from, though. I agree. Kind of different. This guy needs to, they need to pull the reins back a little bit on this guy as more of a manager and keep him more as a translator. Now the facial expressions and stuff like that. Awesome. Keep it, but don't put him too much in the forefront of things because he's going to overshadow Pentagon.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, and in this last match, like mid match, he's like, Oh, by the way, Trent, Penta told me something before the match he's gonna, he's gonna beat your ass and he says your mom sucks or something like real cheesy, whatever. Fine, even that's a little too much for me. I just kind of like him doing the camera work, and um, you know, because he just kind of looks like a standard guy. If you're a manager, I kind of want a manager that looks that has something that Jimmy Hart has or the slickster or you know, he's just he's just out there, and now he's getting involved. God. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting a little too worked up. Hopefully, I pull it back a little bit, like you said, Matt, but I'm a little rattled. I don't, I've got mixed feelings right now. The only, clearly, thing, clearly. the only
2: thing I can see coming up in the next couple of weeks is one of two things either I grow to love Don Callis, or you grow to hate Don Callis based on this conversation. We'll see what
1: happens. Oh, I'm, we got, I'm we never got hating Don Callis. I'm never uh, hating uh, Don Callis. Mm,
3: Ever. That's
4: pretty entertaining. Man. No, I
3: think, Matt, Matt, you've taken two plus two and come up with Z. I mean, this, this, this is not. <laughs> comparable it looks like a two close enough
1: all right i just don't want this guy pulling legs and you know whose legs got pulled the elite they were cutting a promo in their private trailer the young bucks kenny omega our boy don Callis, and who comes and rams the trailer eddie kingston and john maxley this was a big spot i don't know if you guys caught this Mm -hmm. but it was pretty crazy uh Kenny or excuse me, uh, John and Eddie are getting pretty friendly. They got a little something going, you know, two guys from the street doing street things, fucking up some trailers. Um, the elite were not harmed in this. They somehow vanished. Uh, once the truck plowed into the trailer, but I don't know if you caught this, Steve, did you see how John Moxley threw that pipe through the window? Yes. on The exit. I mean, somebody could have died. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, that was um, pretty vicious. Yeah. Thank, okay, hats off to John Moxley for executing that throw on live television because it couldn't have been more perfect. It was like a javelin throw. Thank God the trailer was cleared. Maybe somebody was in there or I don't know if they were trying to get a different camera angle or whatever, but somebody could have died. That was crazy. But um, yeah, John and uh, Eddie, what do you guys think? Do you like this pairing or is it just a little too much? Does anybody got some feelings on this?
2: No, I, I think it's an awesome pairing. Uh, John Moxley has done a lot of really great stuff, but I, at the same time, I feel like he was kind of getting to a point where he needed something new, yeah. something fresh. And Eddie Kingston can only absorb so many losses. And I think he had lost quite a few matches or just been put in a lot of really bad spots for him. Um, where anything different, he would have started getting 50 50, which if WWE's taught us anything, that would have been even worse. So I think putting these two together is a great idea, especially for right now it's working, it's leading to some great spots. I mean, this whole gang warfare thing with all these factions in (laughs) aw quite frankly, I think it's starting to get a little over the top at the same time though. If John Moxley was just on his own floating around in a sea of factions, I think it just... He, he couldn't get over in any way. Like there there's no practical way that he could get an upper hand over some other faction. So I think him pairing up with Eddie Kingston is a good thing. I think these two work well together. I actually did see a clip of this on AEW's Instagram, which ironically I want to say is controlled in some way by Kenny Omega because the Instagram post was they literally took Eddie Kingston, John Moxley in this pickup truck. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but they're in the truck and they're rolling up just before they ram the trailer and it's, they play the intro music to Mario Kart, and there's a three count and it's the sound effects from Mario Kart, And then they smash into the trailer. It's all the same sound effects. Like clearly someone who's really into video games, put this together. Makes me think Kenny yeah, Omega, Aubrey probably, Edwards, yeah. like but regardless, pretty entertaining. Mike, to answer your initial question after that long winded rant. Yes. I like these two together. I think they should stick it out for a little while longer.
1: Yeah, we'll probably see a little blood and guts matchup against the elite. Who they're going to wrestle? Not too sure yet. Could be the Young Bucks. Um, let's see. Does anybody have anything else from AEW? Did you want what to the cover? Young
3: Bucks wrestling with legitimately? What was was it this week or the week before? The the your ten thousand uh, dollar yeah. boots that as far as we can tell were actually that.
4: Oh, they're legit, dude.
3: Yeah, yeah. Must be nice. That, was that the week before? The week before yeah. they had the ten thousand dollars Nike. but still, they're just full on embracing this heel person. Oh and yeah, that's that's, it, that's that's the shit yeah. they were doing in
4: uh, New Japan.
2: So, yeah. so I heard something about this, but I guess what what's the story behind this? Like, I, I heard they had some really expensive shoes on, but like, where did this come two weeks from? ago?
4: Yeah, they're just Jordan Dior, some special rare. Only so many, only so many made. And I mean, if I'm you know, I don't know if you know much about sneakers and the sneaker head culture where people are collecting and buying shoes and then they they sell them on the secondary market for whatever, you know, it's the whole supply and demand, you know, they only really make so many and it's hard to get and and people buy them, you know, if you can afford them, you know, just and they were just designed by Christian Dior, you know. And most yeah. people
1: would never take them out of the box. They would keep them in a case. They would put yeah. lights around. These it guys in are their wrestling. It up. House. They're actually wrestling. And they're playing yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doing like, super kicks for 40 minutes on yeah. that opening match.
4: And I'm sure that, but that's a nice part about having a business like that. I'm sure they write, write those off as a business expense, which is nice. Uniforms. You know? Yep. Uniforms. Yep. <laughs> It'd be nice. I'd have to pay for that out of pocket. If you're in the Jordans. I think those guys are into those Jordans. They, if you notice, they were a lot of Jordans, and Jordans uh, yeah. have made a huge comeback, especially the retro ones since like the last Bull series, the ten part Bull series, the Last Dance. So Jordans are, oh, like yeah, super. I mean, they've always been popular, but they're like super used popular to get, again now.
1: People used to get murdered for
4: those things. No, they would no, only be sure. like three hundred. Yeah, but, yeah.
1: Nineties yeah. and remember Jordan caught it, like a lot of heat to be yeah. like, hey. Maybe you should stop. People are getting killed, and he's like, "I I'm making my
4: problem, making money." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of how Mike was about it. It's not my problem.
1: He redeemed himself. He did something good during COVID, didn't he? What did he do?
4: A little bit. He donated like a little bit, but Mike's never. Yeah, he's never been too uh, political or took a stand too much. He liked Jordan. I mean, his favorite. His favorite, his famous line back then is that Republicans buy Jordans, by sh- sneakers too. So okay. he wasn't going to offend 50% of his, uh, no. of his base, man. If you know Michael Jordan, his color, his color is green. Yep, yeah, exactly. He was not going to do anything of, offensive to, to mess up his uh, image. Well, whatever whatever
1: he did, uh, good to the cause during COVID, yeah, I'm just he's glad done it a didn't wind up lately. on the. Yeah. I'm just glad it didn't wind up on the uh, blackjack table. Have you guys ever heard about his uh, country oh, yeah. club? No, I don't know. Listen, club. No. listen to this. Listen to this. So I listen to a lot of hockey podcasts, and one of my boys, uh, Kevin Hayes, he plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's from Boston, but he. So I think he's like tight with Tom Brady or some guys who are um, on the Patriots Super Bowl yeah. teams. Michael Jordan has a country club, and it it, it sounds like. Um, Oh shit! I hate to compare it, but the Neverland Ranch without the child molestation—it's uh, <laughs> kind of like a free-for-all uh-huh. dreamland for the ultra-rich. So oh, picture shit. this: yeah, you are only invited. You know, obviously it's gated. You're only invited to this club. You get an access, and there's a two-mile driveway to the country club off of this wow. road. So not only is it way off the beaten path you drive two miles and why it's two miles is everybody who goes there has like a Bugatti, a Lamborghini, these freaking ultra fast cars. So people are rolling up there at 220 miles, a fucking hour. Talk about setting the tone, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go into the locker room and they have the goat um like locker aisle. It's Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Joe Mont, like all the biggest, you know, the greatest champions of all. They're all just sitting next to each other. So imagine, you know, you're lacing up your uh, your golf shoes and you look to your right and be like, hey, I got seven Super Bowl rings, but here's uh, Wayne Gretzky 9-9, nine, nine, got over a 1,000 points. Fuck. I mean, that's got to be great. So then you go on to the golf course. I mean, these golf carts go 40 miles an hour. I think you got to buckle up, but obviously at MJ's pad, you don't have to. If you're out at the 7th green and you want cocktails they bring it out on a drone so they hook your drinks up like hey i need a bottle of grey goose uh blah 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 it's on a drone and it's delivered right to you sounds amazing oh yeah i mean it's a whole
4: different world that we don't know about you
1: know oh my god it's a level of rich that i, I god i i don't know i don't know if i would ever want to know it and then not to mention he sets his own rules out there he's known to do all the gambling so he's probably you know, doing what kind of fucking props out there. Oh I mean, yeah, It's just, it's just out of control. Well,
2: so I'm going to make this promise on behalf of all of us here at keep the k to our listeners. If you become the 1 millionth subscriber to keep the k you will automatically be lumped with this group when we try to attend Michael Jordan's private golf club. So
1: you will be, you one will be in subscribers. our aisle.
2: Make sure you go on and subscribe today. Millionth subscriber. <laughs> gets to come along
1: and speaking of subscribers we got a pretty awesome promo of the week um after last week's uh, segment we got our inbox rushed with great promos but this one comes from ted from orlando he sent us one uh from 1992 royal rumble rick flair celebrates his victory oh. of the royal rumble one of the all-time classics he's there with mean gene bobby the brain Heenan and Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning in the back. Let's take a listen.
0: All right, by virtue of winning the Royal Rumble, we have a brand new World Wrestling Federation champion as the press watches on. At this time to present the title belt to the new champion, our president, the distinguished Jack Tunney. Congratulations, Ric Flair, on becoming the undisputed champion of the World Wrestling Federation. Let me just say, after view distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real World champion, I'm gonna tell y'all. With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king. Of the W W, you rule the world. Think about it like that, Mr. Perfect. Guys, I'm the dragon. Woo! Woo! We did it. Oh, let's give a big one! Woo! 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 You it. I was never so impressed with anything I've ever seen in all my life. He went out there for over 60 minutes. Never took a back step. Took it to Hogan. Took it to The Undertaker. Took it to whoever got in that ring. That's why he is. Hey, and Bobby, you can call now. We're... the real world's heavyweight champion. We're not the kind of guys to say we told you so, but what? we told you so. <laughs> okay, very good. Rick Flair, you have made World. Put that cigarette out. You have made World Wrestling Federation history here tonight. It's the greatest moment of my life. I want to jump. I want to party. But I got to tell you like this, for the Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man's and the Pipers and the Sid's, now it's Ric Flair. And y'all pay homage to the man. Woo! (laughs) I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up. We hope you have
1: enjoyed your Royal Rumble. And there you have it from one of the all-time greatest, Thanks, Ted. That's one of the best. You got great taste, and uh, there's nobody like Rick. God, you gotta love it. No, best it's, Royal Rumble. ever. Woo,
2: the best it gets me every time.
1: <laughs> Keep them coming, folks. Uh, if you want to hear your favorite promo played on Keep the Kayfabe, send it to Keep the Kayfabe on Instagram or Facebook. So thank you so much for listening. Boys, this has been a really, really fun week chatting with you all. Stay tuned for next week because we're going to break down Dark Side of the Ring, give you a preview of the upcoming season dropping May 8th. And um, I cannot wait for it. So make sure you subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, stay hard, stay hungry, stay humble.
4: Triple H. (laughs) Woo!
1: One of these days, I'll, I'll come up with a good order for that. Love it. Ferb.